Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. to the lunchtime edition uh, with yours truly, Curtis Lee. We're here at WABC. It's a rip and read. 45 minutes. And my commentary, you want to call, save it for the weekends. When I'm on all, all night, all day long, WABC, the acronym, always broadcasting. Uh, Curtis, got to have a little bit more of that uh, Axel Rose Guns and Roses. Oh, yeah, Axel Rose slash... Shouldn't this be the sound that is played when you enter the subway, right? Right with the pass, the token booth. Welcome to the jungle. And you won't have to worry about microphone tossing that Axel Rose has said he will not do any longer in performance. By the way, if Axel Rose gets one more facelift like Mickey Rourke, his face is going to snap like an old rubber band. Anyway... That's uh, crazy. He went to an Axel Rose concert. He would always toss the microphone into the crowd. But apparently it hit somebody in the land down under, right in the medulla and cerebellum, resulting in a major lawsuit. So no more. No more microphone tossing. And I am suggesting I'm going to reach out to Axel uh, Rose. I'm saying, why not donate your song? Instead of those stupid PSAs by the missing in action police commissioner, Sewell. Oh, remember, we're patrolling the train. Yeah, right. Why not this? Right, right, hey, Macedonian Phil, you're talking about this every morning when you come to work from Bushwick. And you got to figure out, do I take the L train or do I take the M train and get mugged on either one? It's going to happen, Macedonian Phil. Your number is up soon. But have no fear. You probably don't know this person and no consequence. In fact, he is the MTA chairman, who is the uh, head of the money-taking agency. We want more of your money. They're going to raise the fares, give you less service, and we're going to make sure you're not safe, even though we're going to pretend you are. So what did he do? He announced yesterday that he wants all violent criminals banned from MTA trains and buses. Banned. Now, how the hell are you going to do that? Are you going to use photo recognition technology like they do when Frank uh, Morano, the Mamaluke, goes to the Borgata and starts counting cards when he's playing five-card draw poker and blackjack, and they say, you're banned in perpetuity, right? And in every casino in America, you're banned if you're caught counting cards, which should be legal including in the dive casinos in Reno, and it doesn't get any lower than that. So the guy says this, and then all of a sudden, some Weisenheimer in the audience, and rightfully so, says, hey, wait a second, you already have a current New York law allowing you to keep out the pervs. These are the men who go up to women in the subway system, on the platforms or on the moving trains, and decide that they want to prove to these women that they are not suffering Erectile dysfunction. And all of a sudden, it's flags up. They're everywhere. 
So they passed a law, oh, well, back a few years back that, in fact, if uh, you are raising your flag because you're a perv or if you're attacking any of the number of MTA employees, you're going to be banned for life, banned in perpetuity from the subways and buses. Now, Lou, this law has been in effect for about four years. How many people has this applied to? Just one person has been banished so far, and not even on a subway or bus. A convicted transit perv whom a judge last month barred from the Long Island Railroad for two years for sexually assaulting an MTA conductor. (laughs) Only two years. Great, you rape an MTA conductor right on the train. Yeah, yeah, remember those MTA uh, Long Island Railroad trains are pretty empty. And you only get banned for two years. And that's the only time this law has ever been implemented. Bull feathers, bull feathers. So then at the same presentation, this man of no uh, consequence, Jano Lieber. You can forget that name because this guy sucks. And there's nobody who knows transit better than me. I'll, I'll put my credentials up against any man or woman in terms of dealing with the subway system for 44 years. I've been patrolling it with the Guardian Angels. And you may have seen over the weekend, right, Lou? On two occasions, just on Saturday alone, Guardian Angel patrols stopped emotionally disturbed guys from assaulting suspects. One at 138th Street on the number four train. Imagine this, Lou. There's a guy sitting there, EDP, with a baby in his hand. Screaming at a woman across from him, sitting there. She doesn't know him. She never saw him before in her life. That's one. Then number two is at 167th Street on the train, the D train going uptown. This is all before 12 in the morning. I mean, you say to yourself, this is not 3 o'clock in the morning. A man and a woman, the man emotionally disturbed, goes up to a 76-year-old Hispanic woman, senior citizen, and smacks the living daylights out of her. The guardian angels jump on him, slam him and jam him to the floor. That's right. We gave him an attitudinal readjustment. He was sucking concrete. The cops come from the 4-4 precinct. They take him away. And guess what? Within an hour, he's given a desk appearance ticket, a.k.a. disappearance ticket. He's gone. That's that's just little, little bit of what's going on. So what does the MTA chairman now say that's going to help all this? What I've been saying all along, if you don't control the turnstiles, if you're letting people come in and out at their will, let's see, Irish sweepstake, they go under the turnstile, over the turnstile, they go through the emergency gate. 30% of the people now who take the city buses, especially in Staten Island and Bronx, do not pay the fare. 20% do not pay the fare on the subways. Think of that. 20%, that's one out of five, and I think the percentage is even more. So what is this uh, Gabon going to do? This guy who knows nothing about nothing. By the way, doesn't even take the subways either. Does not take the subways. What he has done is he's appointed a blue ribbon panel. Don't they always do that when they don't have any answers? A blue ribbon panel of esteemed New Yorkers, none of whom take the subways on a regular basis. They uh, live on Park Avenue. And we're not talking Park Avenue in Brooklyn. Yes, there's a Park Avenue in Brooklyn or Park Avenue in the Bronx. We're talking Park Avenue in Manhattan, below, below 96th Street. And you know what? They have Jeeves. Jeeves, could you bring my stretch limo? I've got to go to MTA headquarters. I have to head into Brooklyn. Oh, my God, I have to head into Brooklyn, J Street, Borough Hall, because I'm part of a blue-ribbon panel 
to determine how to stop fare evasion. Oh, my God. And so now he's talking about, oh, we're going to redesign the subway turnstiles and emergency exit gates. My quantum I, who's, where are you going to get the money? You're already going to be bankrupt in the upcoming year, 2023. Where are you going to get the shimolis, the lettuce, the schiarol to do this? And so everybody's nodding their head. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah you know what we got to do? And I got to suck it up on this, Lou. I, I got to I gotta apologize. I remember he had been appointed when Andrew evilized Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Faccia Bruta, King Cuomo I, was the governor. He was put in charge of the buses and subways of the MTA, the money-taking agency. And I insulted him. Yes, Macedonian Phil, it was a packed meeting in the Holy Family Gymnasium Church. One I did not go to when I was growing up in Canarsie, right there on Flatlands Avenue and Rockaway Parkway. You know who the host was? Now the, now the leader of the Democrats uh, in the House of Representatives, Hakeem Jeffries. And he had as his esteemed guest, Andy Byford, because of the many problems on the MTA. And you know what I told him, uh, Macedonian Phil? I, in front of like 400 people, I called him a wanker. I Andy, wherever you are, I know you're a free agent now. You're no longer working for the London Underground, the Toronto Mass Transit System. It's time to come back. You know what he's doing now? He's in the Midwest. He's taking a trip down the Mississippi River. Don't waste your time, Andy Byford, because the Mississippi River is all dried up. Come, come back to New York, Andy Byford. Remember, remember what he said upon his leaving when Andrew evilized Cuomo, that who disgraziata dismissed him? Any advice for your successor? I would ask them to please do what I've done from day one, which is to cherish uh, the staff. Cherish the staff, and they loved him. I'm sorry I called you a wanker. Come back, because you really did an incredibly good job compared to the... Uh, uh, the upper echelon now, none of them who ride the subways. I, I, I just want to relate to you just one situation. And it's happened uh, dozens and dozens of times. Here's uh, Hector Hernandez, age 36, working a construction job in Staten Island. He ends up on the F train. He had fallen asleep. Uh, and then he, he's at Kew Gardens. And he realizes, oh, my God, I'm on. I, I had to get off earlier. I live in Brooklyn. So he gets off at Kew Gardens, right near Forest Hills. He gets up. He's going to swing around to the other side to catch the F train back, right? And then all of a sudden, this guy comes up on him on the stairs, and he said, Yo, give me your money, your wallet, your phone. Hernandez said he pleaded, No, come on. I, I got no money. This is just clothes in my bag. And the guy keeps him from getting to the other side, and he goes, Give me the effing money. Give me the effing phone. He comes at me with a knife. He tried to get me down on the floor, but I wouldn't let him do that. I tell him, stop, stop, stop. The thug then slashes me around the face. I scream for help. No cops. I scream for help. No cops. I can see people, other riders. I'm not alone. But when I'm screaming for help, nobody comes. Where the hell are the men out there? What are their culions, their huevos, shrunk to cocktail onions? No, no, instead they're all filming it on their iPhones, on their cell phones. What, so it could go live at 5? 
I didn't get off the train alone. There were people. I see people when I'm screaming for help, but nobody helped me. They just look and move back and film it. Film it. Meantime, this thug is still out and about. So he goes to the doctor who stitches him up, and he says, man, you got to stay home a few days. Man, that is a bad wound on your face. But he goes, I, I got to work, and I don't go to work. My family, I got to feed my family. I got to pay my rent. They're, they're going to kick me out. And this ordeal has left him really, really scared. But he says, what can I do? I don't carry a knife or anything to protect myself. I can't get arrested. I don't know what I'm going to do. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. In the meantime, this MTA chairman that you never heard of before, never will again because he's so ineffective, Janet Liebman doesn't even ride the subways, is talking about all the things, maybe shoulda, coulda, woulda that they'll do, and they do nothing for the strap hangers day to day. And speaking of strap hangers, you may have remembered a while back, there was a guy named Frank James. No, 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 not part of Jesse James's crew that were the first to rob banks in America. Frank James. All of a sudden, Lou, you don't hear about this guy anymore. Remember, he was on the Q train. He whips out his 9mm. He fires like 30 shots after he puts out smoke bombs in the train. It's like 10 people were shot. Thank God nobody died. And he's walking around for 24 hours with a white construction hat, an orange vest, enjoying New York City. Cops all points a bullet in. It was up. It was our own Rudy Giuliani here in the afternoon, three to four. One of his callers called in and said, hey, that van that this guy rode in, rode in on from Philadelphia, it's right here. It's right here. And then all of a sudden the cops came. Even the New York Times gave credit to Rudy. Gave credit to Rudy because he's the law and order mayor, even when he's not mayor. So now, what do you think Frank James wants? Frank James wants a change of venue. He goes, please, it's a federal case. I'm being charged with terrorism. Can can you try me in Chicago because they let every criminal loose? Please, transport me to Chicago. Also, it's the home of the guy that I was the Maytag for in jail at the Brooklyn House of Detention in Sunset Park. You know, that was R. Kelly. You know what they used to do, Lou? In order to entertain the other inmates. Oh, that's right. Incarcerated persons. I got to talk about. They were under a carousel singing show tunes. R. Kelly and his Maytag, Frank James. He misses R. Kelly so much. And he claims, my defense, I was just riding the train. I wasn't the subway shooter. Wow. He took a page, remember, out of Colin Ferguson. Think back, 1994. He boards the Long Island Railroad train in Penn Station. And he said, I didn't want to shoot anyone till we got to Nassau County because David Dinkins was the mayor. I didn't want this to be on his watch. He shot all these people. And then, remember, they asked him, uh, did you do it? No. In fact, he ended up defending himself. Remember in court, Nassau County, say, who shot you? And the victim said, you did. He said, that's impossible. Watch. Frank James is going to use the same Colin Ferguson defense. New York's talk station with the king of New York, Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC.
Wow, this should be the theme song for Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, who decided to cut and run for three days to Qatar to learn about security for a future World Cup that will be played in North America in 2026. By the way, it'll be spread out over three countries, Canada, the United States, and Mexico. And there are a number of American cities that will uh, host one particular match on the pitch. And, uh, Lou, last time I checked my geography, uh, there are none in New York City. Nope. Nope. Not City Field. Uh, not Yankee Stadium. The only match that will take place will be in East Rutherford, Secaucus. Last time I looked, that was not annexed by New York City. It's still part of New Jersey. But Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, now soccer man with no plan, decided he had to go over there for three days. Three days. And he had to learn about security, even though uh, our mayor here, your mayor, the best mayor we ever had, Rudy Giuliani, explained on these airwaves, WABC, just last week. He said, you know, he could have saved himself the trip because I'm the guy who was hired in private practice when I had my law firm and my security firm to actually uh, help Qatar with its security measures for the Southeast uh, Asian World Games that took place. He goes, it's the same plan they're using. All he had to do was sit down with me, and I would have given him all that advice for free. And and isn't that what right, Sid Ro- Rosenberg is trying to do, right? Sid Rosenberg is trying to do. Well, before we get to that, Sid Rosenberg had his new pal, right, Eric Adams, on this morning. I would have thought that right out of the box, instead of swapping spit and kissing one another, kissing one another's us. Oh, my God. I don't know what the hell has happened. My God. Lip locking, us kissing, like long-lost friends, like long-lost lovers. They were on the air. And I would have said, okay, Sid, all right, let's, let's get over the initial uh, gratuities to one another, right? Did you ask him what he said about who's going to pay for that part of the trip to Qatar for three days? Did you ask him who's going to pay for it? This is what This is what Eric Adams had to say before he left. For the... Uh, the uh, Cutter's trip, uh, I'm, it's on my dime. When I do my dime, I could do my time, and I won't hear one, anyone whine. <laughs> you know, he's laughing at us. He's laughing at us, Luke, because he knows we're all suckers, right? Now, now I, I'm going to try to translate that. The Qatar's trip, it's on my dime. When I do my dime, I can do my time. I don't want to hear anyone whine. Could I hear that one more time to see if I'm right? You know, I'm the street dude here at WABC. Everybody else, they talk street. They know nothing about nothing about the streets. Let me see if I got this right. For the uh, the uh, Cutter's trip, uh, I'm, it's on my dime. When I do my dime, I could do my time, and I won't hear one, anyone whine. Wow. And he's laughing. Yes, suckers, you cracker suckers. <laughs> Basically saying that to Sid. And I, Lou, be honest, because I heard it. I listen every morning, 6 to 10, right, Monday through Fridays. It's been renamed. It's been renamed Sid Rosenberg and his friends, which I gather means I'm not going to be on any longer because I'm a foe. I'm a foe. And there's no bigger friend in the world now that Eric Adams says, oh, Wait, 
Then the other friend of Sid Rosenberg, Bodita was on this morning, kissing, took us to the mayor. You're going to have my friend, the mayor, on it. I've been talking to uh, our great mayor there, Eric Adams. I call him great because I think, like you think, that he will change the direction of the city. Great mayor, huh? Great. Not good. Great. Like, uh, maybe Baldito, the next time he comes on, Lou, and uh, could you take some notes here? Ask him what the mayor said to him when he was asked. At Rayo's, you know, his favorite uh, restaurant. By the way, you go to Rayo's, you're paying for the ambiance because all you're getting is a can of Chef Boyardee, uh, you know, raviolis. The food sucks. But anyway, ask Bodito. See if Sid has the culions, the huevos, to ask Bodito. What did the mayor tell you about what the difference is between being the borough president of Brooklyn that he was for eight years and now the mayor? You think uh, Bo will answer that? No, it has to do with uh, the difference between being orally fixated once a week and now he can get orally fixated every night. Go ahead, put that question to Bo and see if he denies it. And I want him strapped up on a lie detector because when he says that didn't happen, he'll be blown to kingdom come. That's number one. Number two, let's hear what uh, Sid Rosenberg like a reunited lover with Eric Adams had to say earlier today. Imagine, he had the first interview with Eric Adams upon his taxpayer-funded trip to Qatar. I spent how many months and years critical of Eric Adams? And now, if in fact he's willing to put that aside, which he clearly is, and have an open debate on this station where he knows that a healthy percentage of you morons can't stand him, even though he's trying to fix the city, trying. I didn't say he did fix the city. I'm not about to call him a great mayor like Bo Dito just did. Uh, but but you... I do really believe in my heart of hearts, I really do believe this, that unlike the last creep, Bill de Blasio, this guy cares. Yeah, he, compare, he cares about himself. He cares about himself. Wow, wow, what a cabal here. Now... Let me ask you another question in Macedonian Phil, because he's always covering up for Sid. Did he bring up the front page uh, article today on the old gray lady, the New York Times, above the fold, about Eric Adams, two friends who owns the restaurants there, especially the Osteria La Baia, the guys he's always hanging out with, always getting free food from, always defending them as they owe $2 million in taxes $2 million they haven't paid in rent. These are felons. These are guys who pled guilty to shaking down insurance companies, right? And they, you know what Eric Adams always said. He goes, look, I'm there to mentor these people. I'm, I'm there to help them. And, in fact, these two guys, when interviewed by the New York Times, they said, look, you got to understand, our friendship with Eric Adams cost us. In fact, look. It cost us a lot, a lot of potential money. Madonna Mai, it gave them intro to money. And they raised hundreds of thousands of dollars. They went out to Fort Lee. Now, figure this out. Everybody from Brooklyn, who the hell who lives in Brooklyn moves to Fort Lee? They don't. They move out to Long Island, you know, mostly Suffolk, NASA. They move to Staten Island. It's a hop, skip, and a jump. And then next stop is Florida. These two brothers, the Petrosian brothers, the crooks, the criminals, the felons that Eric Adams hangs out with all the time, 
They moved to Fort Lee. You know who followed them to Fort Lee, hello? Yeah, that's right, apartment 22H, Eric Adams. You know what he says now, why he moved to Fort Lee and purchased that apartment 22H next to his very dear friends, the felons, the Petrosians, because he liked the view of New York City's skyline. <laughs> oh, my God. And they let him get away with this. You know why they let him get away with this? His complexion is his protection. Uh, did, uh, did Sid ask him about this front page story about his very dear friends who are even more friendly towards him than uh, now Sid Rosenberg himself, New York Times? No. Did he uh, mention how Frank Carone is their lawyer, was their lawyer be- be- before he became chief of staff? Frank Carone, chief of staff, crooked as he's always been, I know, from my days in Canarsie. He's leaving January 1st. You know why he's leaving City Hall? There are four separate investigations. Can I advise uh, a very dear friend? Please, Lou, you've known him a hell of a lot longer than me. Do not go to Osteria, La Baia, at West 53rd Street. That place is wired up like a Christmas tree. Every table by the U.S. attorney from the Southern District. Don't do it, Sid. You're number one in the mornings now. Look how hard you work to get there. Don't throw it all away. Because all of a sudden, Eric Adams says, hey, let's go for some chow with my two friends, the felons, the Petrosians at Ostera La Baia. Hey, everybody, boycott there. Don't go to that restaurant at West 53rd Street. You're feeding the beast of a criminal empire. Okay, Lou, please. As much as I, I don't want Rudy to sit down, and I'm still arguing with Rudy not to have a sit down with Eric Adams, uh, arrange the shit-ock by Sid Rosenberg, please don't let Sid go to Ostera La Baia. I'd hate for him to be in the witness box in the future, U.S. Attorney, Southern District, and being asked questions about his friendship with Eric Adams, who won't be going to the White House at this point, but may be going to the big house in chains and shackles. And speak of going to the big house, where is the State Attorney General, Tish James? Oh, Tish James, you fake you phony, you fraud. You went after Andrew Evilized Como, King Como II, the son of Mario Facia Bruta Como, King Como I, because you said he was a perv against women. You're right. Eight women who worked in the Como administration had his finger marks all over them. No doubt about it. And he blamed it on his Italian culture, which was a double disgraziata. But it turns out that you knew your chief of staff your number one supporter since you were a city councilwoman in Brooklyn with the Working Families Party, not the Democrats. And as you know, the Working Families Party, their standard is defund the police, defund criminals. We hate cops. We love criminals. And that's what uh, Tish James is, except when it's one of her own. Ibrahim Khan. He lives in Queens. There are a number of staff members of the Attorney General Tish James's office who have said that he was perving on them for a long time and that the attorney general was aware of it and didn't want to say anything about it before the midterms. That's the reason now appears. That's why she hid all during the campaign and was the only candidate in New York State who would not submit to a a debate. Not one debate against Michael Henry, the Republican conservative stand-up guy, 
who I campaigned along with on the campaign trail, met his father, father, a listener at WABC. He would have made a great attorney general. And now Tish James, what's she going to say? Oh, the state is going to investigate her? What? The supermajority in the state Senate? The supermajority of Democrats? Hasty and company in the assembly? No, no, no. And by the way, friends of the Democrats are various nonprofit organizations who get a lot of the ancillary funds that they use to help the city. First and foremost, there's Doe Fund. You might see the men out there on a regular basis and women, they got those blue jackets and they change the garbage cans from the debris. Something that the sanitation department used to do when we were growing up, right? Now they have to out uh, outsource it to private nonprofits. And the Doe Fund is one of the biggest. They receive at this point about, whew, what is it, about $68 million of our tax dollars. The idea is that the men and women who work for the Doe Fund, you've probably seen the logo, Ready, Willing, and Able, the Doe Fund, uh, get soused out of their drug addiction, their alcohol addiction, and that they get to work. They work a normal job changing the baskets, uh, sweeping up in the general area, and get their lives back on track. Lou, the Doe Fund and other nonprofits who are supposed to take men and women who have drug problems and alcohol problems have now been given licenses to sell the legal the legal recreational use of marijuana. So just think, Lou, you're showing up, you know, at the headquarters of the Doe Foundation. By the way, the guy who started the Doe Foundation, George McDonald, a total crook. You may have remembered back in 2013, he was running in a primary against our own John Katsimatidis, Joe Lode, and others. He savagely attacked John Katsimatidis, and John gave him his first mortgage. Nobody would give George McDonald a mortgage. This guy had no scruples. He turned this into a family empire, and the Democrats looked the other way. So now he, his organization, he's dead, but the family still runs it. And these other nonprofits, you're going to be able to show up. You have a drug problem. You have an alcohol problem. That's why you're in the Doe Foundation. That's why you're with these other nonprofits. But before you go in to check in, you'll be able to purchase nickel and dime bags of the legal use of the recreational use of marijuana, not from some other licensed facility down the block, but right there in the Doe Foundation, right there in the other nonprofits. This is crazy. I got to give a shout out. There's no doubt about it. The guy who brought this all to our attention is Assemblyman Michael Riley out in Staten Island. Good man, former cop. He stood up to the Democratic horde and he said, are you freaking out of your mind? A man or a woman has a drug problem to begin with, an alcohol problem. And before they even get into the facility, they're able to buy nickel and dime bags by that same nonprofit that has been given a license to sell it? Yeah. Welcome to New York City. Fear City and Dope City. And we might as well rename it Viceland. 
With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYC. He knows New York. He is New York. Cred that the others don't have. Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Rockaway Playland so much, Lou. Uh, it was the best place to go years ago. I think it was about Beach 96, 98, before the last stop, 116th Beach. Beach 116. Anyway, Lou's a resident there. Sid Rosenberg, a new resident there. And I must tell you, I met a woman near, actually a block away outside of Saks Fifth Avenue, which is lit up like a Christmas tree now on Fifth Avenue. And... Uh, an older Irish woman from County Cork originally, I believe her name was Irene, listening to WABC. She said she was 78. And she had just come out of St. Patrick's Cathedral, and I was there with some guardian angels because they've had three-card Monty games there, drive-by shootings. I mean, this never happened before, never. But I was there for an hour in between shifts at WABC. And, I mean, she hit me with a shillelagh, Lou. She hit me with a shillelagh. I mean, what could I say? She says, you know, I've, I've listened to WABC for years. I remember, Curtis, you would come on in the mornings like you do now at Sid, like once a week with Imerson. And uh, Bernie was the producer, Bernard McGurk. And you would call him a spudhead. You remember that, Lou? I called him a spudhead. You remember that. I did. She goes, Curtis, I, I, I don't know. You know, I know you went to St. Matthew's Elementary School in Crown Heights, right there on Utica Avenue, Eastern Parkway. The Joseph Height nun, she said she grew up in that area, too. She didn't go to the, she didn't go to the Catholic school there, but she went to church. She already had a family, and then eventually, when it got very rough in the area, she moved to the Irish Riviera and the Ponset. She says, oh, you knew that Abe Beam, the mayor, lived out there. Wow, she was very friendly, but she said, Curtis, you know, everyone cannot live forever. Look at our friend Bernie, the prime of his life, snatched up. You, you've advised people to get the uh, guys to get their... Prostate cancer, blood test, simple blood test. I say, yes, yes. Says, but you have to make amends for all those times you called Bernard McGurk a spudhead in the morning. And I did. There's no denying it. It's it's there. And I think that extrapolated to uh, all the times uh, that I would call Irish cops who were giving me a wooden shampoo when I first organized the Guardian Angels up in the Bronx. I call them spudheads, too. And worse things. She said, there's only one remedy. She says, I'm surprised the Josephite nuns didn't teach you this. They were Irish nuns. I said, well, 
I said, they taught me uh, that I had to go home and tell my parents in 1960, Francesca and my father, Chester, that they had to vote for JFK against Nixon. Because if not, we would go to hell. That was number one. I remember that. Number two, they told me it was not Christopher Columbus who discovered the new world. It was St. Brendan, the navigator. I remember that, too. And she said, well, didn't they tell you that for you to get through the pearly gates, you would have to get through St. Patrick? I said, no, 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 that's St. Peter's, and not not for the Irish, it's St. Patrick. And for you, when it's your time, and we all have to go sometime, if you don't apologize for all those times you called Irish guys spudheads, you may not go to heaven. And so now, to that woman and to others, yes, I, I, I do the apology in honor of Bernard McGurk. Let me tell you about potatoes, Lou. Eating potatoes can improve your energy levels. Potassium can lower your risk of heart disease that you get for being a spud. I mean, eating potatoes. Antioxidants can slow down the aging process. When you eat potatoes, resistant starch can improve your gut health. Did I do it? Did I earn my way into the pearly gates through St. Patrick, not St. Peter's?